Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Don't be getting too close. I just thought maybe if our knees touched, that would be okay. We have this giant long Putin table and we're having to share a freaking microphone. Every week it's something, isn't it? We're okay at not not talking not not talking but you know what we're not good at is anything tech related and we've got one working microphone so we're yes and it is in fairness four thousand degrees it is a little warm (laughs) and we are rubbing knees as we do the show today at least you have shorts on man i'm in blue jeans i I came from work today good gracious yeah i am well prepared in in with shorts Uh, that is for sure all right so these mic levels look like they're okay not too bad so maybe we'll sound I okay. The, I, the sweat is rolling off me, man. <laughs> and it may just be you being next to me. You know what? That happens to a lot of people, yeah. although typically female. But, you know, maybe sometimes the dudes like uh, like old T-Bone as well. It's 2023, baby. Everything goes, man. 2023. <laughs> All right. So uh, welcome. I'd like to thank uh, your Aunt Sue again. Sorry you dropped out last week. Man, of all the shows, you're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to drop out and lose myself. And the problem is, again, tech, I think my headset crapped out. Well, did you hear? Did you listen back? Well, you know, I could hear everything no, you no, guys I mean, were saying. No, no, to the show because you came in clear. So we sounded like dopes because you're, you're like, I'm here, I'm here. And I just talk right over you, which I do, <laughs> which I do normally. That's funny. But we could not hear you. You wow. could hear us, but we could not hear you. Yeah, so that's the fascinating thing about the, that Riverside app. And I think almost you're probably better off just going with Zoom. So at least if you drop out, you know, you know, everybody knows. You're gone. Whatever, but yeah, I haven't listened back on on air to see, but yeah. And you are sweating and red-faced, am I? Yeah, yes you are. So we're upstairs in what's essentially a glorified attic, and and we walked in and it was, I I went up the steps first and I said, holy cow, Tristan, it is a tad warm up here. It's got to be 100. Yeah, we're probably sitting on a hundred. Yeah, but yeah. It's, we've got the window and the air on, so it's, it's cooling a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, by the time the show's over, it's going to be perfect up here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we just got to show up a little early and set the <laughs> set the AC. <laughs> Troy's calling in. No, Troy. Now we've already started, oh, so we're no worries. No we're worries. Stuck with the. With Hopefully, we can figure it out <laughs> for next week. Yeah. Maybe this will be our best sounding show that we've done in forever. With a single mic. You know, I think so. And if nothing else, you're going to have cool sound effects from my phone as our producer tries to, to call back and help us out. Are you, do you have anything this week or you want to just say, hey, hello, goodbye? You know what? I, I like it all, but uh, I did write down a couple dumb things. Cool, cool, so. cool. I, Well, I'll tell you what. I can always come up with something. Before we start, I, I think sometimes you and I don't address this enough because we get going. Look at this gnarly thing, man. What is that thing? I went to the dermatologist last week, and she blasted a few. There's one. Well, that was funny. When I put the headphones on, Tristan also also brought us headphones, which we're not using because it's too hot. Um, and I think I ripped off something that she had frozen last week on the top of my head, and then that's another one. I guess they're precancerous. Wow. But, um, 
at any rate, um, I, we, we don't often visit this issue enough, which is that, um, you know, we live in the Bible Belt, and, and it's not even necessarily the Bible Belt. It's just um, Christians generally. And, you know, the left can treat Christians pretty crummy, and you and I, are, our politics lean a bit left. Not that there's not liberal Christians, but it's not as big a faction as conservative Christians, evangelical Christians, if you will. And uh, Triz and I were talking a little bit off air, and we won't name any names, but I ran across two people who, who uh, well, my son is very good friends with one, and I'm good friends with the other. Not good friends, acquaintances, and I don't see this fellow too often, but when I do, it's always a pleasant experience. He's just one of the good guys. Uh, Raymond has the same experience with a kid who plays uh, baseball at Eastern, whose dad is um, has been uh, part of the program for three years with his son playing, and Ray's gotten real close to him, very Christian man from Atlanta. And he's like one of the best people Raymond knows, just genuinely one of those people you look forward to. And you kind of had that exchange today with uh, someone you were visiting. And, and I, I, we were kind of talking about it a little bit before the show. Well, and I think, again, that one of the modus operandi of this show is to say how many good people there are on both sides. And one of the fascinating conversations I almost always get into with our buddy and sponsor Aaron at Berea Pond is he's like, no, you're one of the few sane ones and everybody else is off the edge. That's funny. And, you know, my bubble would have me think, no, Aaron, you're one of the sane ones and everybody else is off the edge. But again, I think most people are normal and friendly and a lot more toward the middle than, you know, let's burn down the, you know, the Capitol building or let's, you know, make kids have abortions, uh, you know, constantly or, or whatever, you know, makes each party extreme in your own mind. But I think the fact of the matter is most folks are good and most folks are more toward the middle, even though I think the Internet and social media sort of draws out that, that, that fringe the more fringe, so. fringe in the extremes, right. Yeah. And, there, you know, it's just a lesson that needs to be revisited from time to time. I'd include my neighbor Richard in that, who's, uh, you know, one Bible on his license plate, and I don't think would get much out of listening to our show. Richard's firm in his beliefs, but it doesn't make him a bad person, right? And, and it's that judging before you know a person. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're getting to that spot, or we've seen it over the last few years, where people are just like... If you vote Republican, you're a racist, and I have no room at all for you anywhere in my life. And I think once you start drawing those strong lines with half the country and your assumption is because somebody votes a certain way that they have to be racist or, you know, uh, insert whatever issue on the, the left, like I can't, you know, they want to kill babies and I, I don't want anything to do with anybody that ever votes left. It's just kind of a fallacy because I think, you know, more often than not, most of us find some gray area on some of these real you know, serious, hard issues. And most people have some understanding for people that have to make really tough decisions or, you know, have, I don't know, I, I have a good close for that comment. But, but I think there's a, a ginormous amount of really good hearted folks on both sides, that if you didn't have to talk politics, or you didn't see their politics online, you would just love these people and never have an issue. Well, I've gotten, um, very judgmental of the MAGA movement, and I and I I can admit that that um, I hear MAGA and I'm like, oh, geez, this guy's gonna be, and, and that and that shouldn't that shouldn't be, you know, you're entitled to be a member of MAGA now, storming the Capitol, eh, you know, no, and I'm some. right there with you, you know, and and again, I think, you know, I've got family members and friends and clients and people that I just love to death that are never coming off that Trump train. 
just 100%. I mean, he could be found guilty of, uh, you know, rape and murder, which and he was uh, found liable for a sexual assault uh, just this week. And again, I don't think that anybody that likes Trump is saying, man, that's too far. I'm, I'm off now that a jury of his peers found him liable for this sexual assault and defamation of this woman. And that's, you know, that's what's fascinating to me. I mean, we saw this with Roy Moore, uh, the gubernatorial or Senate candidate, yeah, Senate candidate. in Alabama a few years Alabama, ago that was, yeah. you know, had some pretty serious, uh, was it uh, underage uh, yeah. girl issues and yes. you know people weren't ready to jump off and i just think man I'm, I'm i hope i'm never to the point where i'm so disheartened in the other party that if somebody's a rapist i'm like well they're a rapist but you know, they're gonna save me some money on taxes or those gas prices might go down or yeah i mean that, that's a tough way to be man i'm i still hope i'm close enough in the middle that a rape is always gonna make me say uh the alternative has to be better than that yeah, well, I mean, we're kind of living that, aren't we? I, I well, mean, we are, and people, I think, are saying, you know, well, it's the biased New York jury. I mean, I think the problem is, is there's an answer for everything. I mean, Fox News gives you your talking points, so if you want to believe in Trump indefinitely, they're going to give you something to say to your friends that say, isn't that a big enough deal? Oh, well, it's a biased jury, and nobody likes him in New yeah. York, and you know, but I think, again, you've got to step back, and, and there are a lot of things that we build based on opinion, but when a jury of somebody's peers come together to say that you've sexually assaulted somebody, like, that has to matter. That that's bigger than I heard whispers that somebody did something 20 years ago. Like, that's a jury coming back guilty, right? Yeah. And there were six men on that or jury. Liable, excuse me, not yeah, guilty. Liable. Yeah, and there were six men on that jury. But we are just at an odd place with Trump because he certainly appears to be the front runner. And I guess we're now off the topic of kumbaya and saying people on <laughs> well, both sides no, are good. Yes, but, well, the, and they are. And I guess people even with some of the most extreme ideologies can still be wonderful people. Well, you know, maybe not. Well, I've asked that question. Yeah. Can, you know, this is a crazy question, but can you be a racist and still be a fine neighbor? No, it's a, a definitely a good discussion of a question. And I, I think very often you, you see that. I think you do see it, you know, so, so your initial response would be, no, F that narrow-minded son of a bitch. But, you know, I, I mean... <laughs> It's, it is funny because I, I, I shouldn't even go here, but I've got a neighbor up the street who I'm pretty sure might wear a robe and a hood. But you know what? <laughs> I've had some wonderful con I, and I sh probably shouldn't say that, but just some of the things he said to me, you know, it's yeah. pretty obvious where his stance is. I'm a white guy. He wouldn't say this, but, right. you know. He doesn't make him a terrible person. Well, at least terrible or, to you. Or, or, maybe well, that's maybe it does caveat. make him a terrible person. That's the well, problem. Maybe I, I think you find out how he would treat somebody that didn't look like his family. Maybe that's the answer. So does that then make you a piece of shit? I, I mean, I don't know. I think there's good in everybody, right? Or almost everybody. And I mean, that's that's why I said this is the question. This is the debate. I, I don't really have that answer. Now, if somebody came in here and said, absolutely not. I don't care what kind of a conversation you had or shared a beer with him and had some laughs. If he's a racist and judges people on the color of their skin solely, then he's a piece of shit. I want nothing to do with him. I get that. And somebody else could come in and say, well, you know. He, he might not like a certain people, but if they were on the side of the road broken down, he'd help them out or, or even, you know, I don't know. It's just a very difficult thing, I guess. So the question is, can you be a racist and still be a decent person? And I think that's, that's a hell of an onion to unpeel, right? Because yeah, there is a so. lot of layers to that. And, and I think the easy answer is to say, yeah, fuck that guy. 
But but it is well, tough, yeah. you know, to say, you know, I'm sure we've both dealt with racists. I'm sure I've dealt with black people that hated white people or, you know, I, I'm sure we've seen the, the plethora of that. And, you know, I think there's good in most people. It's just a matter of, I don't know, man, finding out the definition of a good person and a bad person. Well, I mean, the other part of America is you're entitled to be a racist, right? Yeah. It's the land of the free and the home of the brave. But I'm sure. entitled to point out what I think is, you know, your shortcomings or you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a weird, it's just a, it's a tough question. Speak, talk amongst yourselves. Trizan and I got no more. Talk, <laughs> talk, talk amongst yourselves. We're just going to sweat for a while, and yeah. then we'll, we'll close it up. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, so pretty fascinating. But no, I mean, I think you could dive into the Trump thing a little bit. Again, I don't want to hit on our friends that really like this guy, but there has to be a point where you say, Man, I get it. A lot of people really despise Trump. That's a fair statement. It's probably uh, fair to say you and I, at least politically, <laughs> despise Donald Trump. But there's a point where just because you love him doesn't mean everything bad about him is fake or nonsense or uh, not real. So you do have to be open to the fact that, you know, once juries get involved and once courts have spoken, you know, look, we've been proud Americans, pretty darn proud of our judicial system for the last, you know, 200 years. And then all of a sudden, if they don't like Trump, they're biased and fake and it's all garbage. You yeah. know, th these same people, when black folks were saying 20 years ago, I think some of these judges might be a little biased, would have been saying, ah, oh, that's garbage. Shut up. You did the crime, whatever. Are now very much like, oh, it's all completely, you know, biased against our guy. So I suppose that the media hurt themselves a little bit by constantly badgering and getting on Trump because he's made that a cause celeb and, you know, everybody's out to get me. But that's also turned into constant grievance culture. I mean, again, I see it with my right wing sister in Jersey. I'm in that text thread where Tommy's taking another break. But, you know, my Your brother, right, my progressive brother and my my uh, right wing sister. And it's an interesting text thread to be in the midst of. But it is one grievance after another. I mean, it just is. The, the Republican Party right now is a party of grievance. I mean, what has Kevin McCarthy accomplished in his first four months as Speaker of the House. What legislation have they put forth? I don't see any. Now they're fighting about, a, a you know, the, the budget and, and the debt ceiling, um, and each side wants to win that debate, but I don't see any legislation. I think Uncle Joe has put forth quite a through, quite quite a bit, has gotten some passed, but I, what, what, I guess the question, so we went from come by ah to back on asking questions about Republicans. What does the Republican Party represent right now? What are their what's the core of the party? What are the core beliefs? Man, that's a fascinating question because I feel like it went from fiscally conservative to whatever Trump tells us, right? At least Seems for, to be. for a large group of folks. And, yeah. and that stuff, and I think in a quiet moment when you're having a beer with one of your ultra-right Republican friends, as I've done time and time again, they'll tell you that like we don't want government. Like The whole point of what we're doing is to have no or as little government as humanly possible. So it's hard to govern and f come up with new laws and have things that are going to cost money when you don't believe in the existence of the government itself. But it's the old story. People like the government that works for them, right? The, the, uh, uh, my late friend Donnie, who just passed away a couple months back, still missed Donnie, um, and will, but he, he worked at the depot with these retired, some of them, Trisden, were not only double, triple dipping. So they're probably my age, 62, so they did 20 years in the in the Army, and they did 15 years in, in, in uh, working as a civilian for the U.S. government, and now they're in their third effing job, so they're making 180 grand between their pensions and their salaries, all off the back of the, all off the teat of the government, and they sit there and bitch about how the government's terrible. 
right? That's Without ever making the connection that their life has been government money. I mean, yeah, is the government too big? Yeah, arguably, you could make that that case. But who is going to be the regulator? You're going to leave it up to the banks to regulate themselves, Wall Street to regulate itself, businessmen to take care of themselves. I mean, that, the history of that hasn't worked so well. Somebody's got to regulate, and it has to be the government, right? Yeah, I would think. And I, I think the problem, too, is it feels as though, not to point the finger again at our Republican friends, but the spending is fine when it's their guy, right? That like, too. Donald Trump spent more than Obama before him in four years. Well, did you and that watch, was fine. Uh, the CNN town hall where the young woman, Caitlin Collins, did he did seem to get the best of her, at least initially. I thought she... Re- did you watch it? I did, yeah. Okay. I thought she recovered a bit in the second half. Abortion in Ukraine, he didn't exactly comport himself terribly well on. But, you know, when she said, now, Mr. President, you are on record as saying the, the debt ceiling is, uh, you should never be touched. It's uh, sacred, and it should never be touched. What's changed? Oh, I'm no longer president. He kind of giggles. Yeah. But basically, he's telling us, yeah, I'm full of shit. Well, yeah, and, and that is, and credit to him for that particular answer, because that is the honest answer. It matters when your guy's doing it, right. not when our guy's doing it. And I think that's the thing that makes so much of us that actually follow politics so sick, because you do want... You do want it to be kind of universal. If you act a certain way, then that's the way you should live with your policy and not just because your guy's spending. That spending doesn't count. Well, then there's the wonderful Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David um, is cuts off accidentally cuts off a motorcyclist, rough-looking dude, and, he's, and he comes up upon him, and Larry frantically reaches over. You're not sure what he's reaching for. He frantically reaches over to the passenger seat and throws this red MAGA hat on, <laughs> and the dude pulls up, and he's... He's just, he's got the scowl. He's, he gives him a big thumbs up. <laughs> now, that's funny shit. Because, oh, I'm sorry. I'm banging the table. That's funny stuff because that's a real life thing, right? That is so great. That's a good yeah. spin on it. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and he just gives him a big thumbs up <laughs> and punches his Harley and takes off. And Larry's like, but it, which is great. And he throws his MAGA hat on. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's, uh, yeah, that's a great show. But, man, talking about a little bit about Trump's town hall. Man, that that is pretty fascinating because you definitely don't leave that with the feeling that Trump has Ukraine's back. And that's kind of scary, right? Like, Not at what all. What happened to the Republican Party that was well, concerned about Russia, right? Sure. And excuse, I'm going to say that's because I grabbed this stupid Diet Pepsi. I'm going to belch. <laughs> Howard Stern. The day we're sitting right next to yes, each other. That's right. why I leaned over. <laughs> Howard Stern made a whole cottage industry out of belching on the air. But I'm not Howard Stern. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And what message does that send to his buddy Vlad? Like, just if you can hang in there for, if I can get back in and you can hang in there, I'm going to take, I'm going to take advantage. I'll, 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 I'll have your back. I mean, so he said, I solved this in 24 hours. 24 hours. First of all, if you can do it, don't let people die. And secondly, of course, he can't do that. But the only way he could do that, which is not going to happen, would be to just tell Zelensky, just give the Russians everything they're asking for. Yeah, we're, we're and, cutting everything we're doing for you in yeah, the U.S. You're, you're done. You concede. Concede. That would be the only that thing. Would that would be the only way. Which, so then Russia gets everything. Yeah, I didn't think that was a good moment for Trump because even Republicans were picking on him for that. It, you know, you've got to say, yeah, I want to see the Ukrainians win because they're on the side of democracy. Yeah, and you do feel like there is that wing of the Republican Party. Again, it's the wing that whatever Trump says, that's the new platform that are just all in. Okay, well, if Trump says it, then screw Ukraine. And again, there's this argument of, well, we give them too much money as though 
you know, we don't have enough money to, to do the things we want to do okay. over here. We do. It's like secrets yeah. out. We could do whatever we want to do. So, yeah, I just think that's uh, that's a pretty bad look because next it's, you know, then China taking back um, Taiwan. Taiwan and, you know, it just doesn't look good to just say we're just going to roll over as, uh, you know, democratic countries are taken by Russia. Yeah, no, I thought that was a bad moment. And the abortion issue is still something that is going to cost Republicans. They've got to figure out some better strategy than what they have. There's no continuity. They just piss women off. And then again, let's be honest, this has been my uh, mantra for, you know, since 2016. It, it, it was it was suburban women outside cities like Phoenix and Milwaukee and Detroit and Philadelphia, all in swing states, Atlanta, who voted for Trump in 16, held their nose and voted for Trump, whether they they did hold their nose because they knew largely who he was. They Also, Hillary, whatever, you heard women say, oh, she's not feminine enough. She doesn't seem like she's motherly enough, yada, yada, whatever crap they came up with. But at any rate, that's who elected Trump in 16. That's who voted against the Republican Party in 18 to put Pelosi back as the speaker. And that's who beat Trump in 2020. Now, that abortion issue does not win those women over. I didn't see much in that town hall that's going to win those women over when he turns to, you're a nasty, you're a nasty woman. Nasty woman he tells yeah. Kaylee, you're a nasty woman. Yeah. woman. That's not going to win you women suburban voters. And I'll say this. I mean, we live in a country where one out of every three women is sexually assaulted. It's going to be tough, I think, for a lot of women to go vote for a man who was found liable for rape. And, I think so. I mean, that you know, as a man, I, I couldn't in good conscience. I, I think if... I, you, which if I'm in that situation and I was a Trump guy, I feel like I would have to abstain kind of a none of the above type thing because I, I couldn't vote for somebody that, that a jury said you sexually assaulted this woman. Right. And to your point, if you say that to a conservative friend, they're going to say, oh, it's a New York jury. He didn't do it. Right. I mean, you got to give Trump some credit when he said I could shoot somebody. I'm, you know, he was sort of marveling at the people. This was early on and he didn't really know what he had uncovered. And he's sort of like making an offhand comment like, Christ Almighty, these people are really fanatics. I yeah. could murder somebody. I could shoot something. Shoot, I think he's. I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and they wouldn't care. That was really prophetic. Is that the word? Really it prophetic. Is prophetic. That's correct. a statement. He he was yeah. he was exactly right. So he saw some of the craziness in the MAGA folk. Right. Well, when you took the party of you know I pledge allegiance and I don't kneel for the flag and I care about this country and Donald Trump took a bona fide war hero and was like, nah, I like war heroes that don't get captured. Exactly. And they said, okay, to me that was you know that was the first domino that that says. That told me all that I needed to know about the folks that are going to vote for Donald Trump, that they're not as certainly patriotic, I guess, as they like to pretend to be. I hope he's still listening to our show because I honestly don't know. But my brother, who I reference a lot, Tommy, I can remember, Tristan, we were at Lake George because Trump announced in like June or May or around this time of year when people are announcing that the escalator ride down. And that was later that summer. It was still 2015 when he made that comment about McCain. And I remember my brother saying, and I'm not picking on him because we all felt the same way. Well, that's the end of Trump. That was short lived. Yeah, it's two two months. He just put his foot in his mouth. You can't attack John McCain and say, you know, you you like war heroes who don't get captured. Right. He's done. Yeah. Well, he wasn't done. 
no. bastard. And he's still not done. Because he could have very easily said... Jason Voorhees, is that him? Yeah, but he, he could have very easily said, like, I dislike uh, McCain's policy. He's a little too close to the center for me. But when he went after his status as a war hero and people said, yeah, works for me. I mean, unbelievable. That was tough, man. That was yeah, a tough well, thing like to watch. Like I said, my brother, who's very smart and a follower of politics, was not alone when he said, well, that's it for him. He's done. You know, it was a, it was a fun couple of months to watch, but now he's finished. Well, you know, he <laughs> he's, was not. He's really flipped that. And, and again, I think, you know, we still saw him on the, the town hall talking about how, you know, it was a, all these vote dumps and all this fake stuff that he really won the election. Hasn't backed off it at all. Hasn't backed off it a bit. And I think at this point, he has to know that's all BS, right? Well, I heard somebody say, with no disrespect to Caitlin Collins, it was kind of like his daughter interviewing him. You need somebody like Chris Wallace who would say, all due respect, Mr. President, but that is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, just yeah. say, just call him out. Just go. Right. Nobody believes that. Why do you believe it? Sure. And she was like, that's not true. But moving on. Or that's and not. And then true. he just interrupt her. <laughs> right. and, you know, yeah. But yeah, you. And again, it, it's not the moderator's job to debate somebody's point. So that's it's true. kind of a tough spot to be in. Very true. So, yeah, that's tough. But it was it's hard to watch because, again, how many court cases did they lose? Trying 60. to say that there were, you know, these sixty. But they've they've also cast enough doubt on the election process too that it, it's just well that's it, what it's, sucks. it's hard. Well, there was this guy and you missed it. I had mentioned it um, uh, interview on uh, this week with George Stephanopoulos yeah, this I didn't week, see it. and it was a uh, uh, election worker in Arizona, Republican guy, you know, uh, always life lifetime Republican and getting death threats because he was a poll worker and they were saying that he was a part of this. Big rigged election thing. And, I mean, this guy had to start counseling. He said he just, like, he could, wouldn't leave the house. His wife was like, you're a dick now. And, you know, it was he, he literally was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. Now, this is not some left-wing, Hillary-loving, right. you right. know. Right. This was a, a lifetime Republican that these people were just going crazy. And he said, you know, people would come up to him and say, keep fighting this good fight. We know, you know, what you're doing and, and, you know, good for you for not backing down. And then would never say it in public. Like these people would say it to him, hey, you know, pat him on the back. Good for you for not, you know, joining the the, the rigged election revolution. But man, I mean, that's a, that's a hard thing to know, right? Yeah, it's just terrible. And that's the problem with what's gone on the past six years with him. He's just, he's cast so much doubt upon the very foundations that make America the greatest country in the world, and it's awfully hard to recover from that. Now, did you also say there was an interesting interview with a Christian nationalist? I don't know uh, if it was a Christian nationalist, oh. but he was, he was the editor-in-chief for Christianity Today magazine. Okay. And uh, it, was pretty, it, was a, it was a fascinating interview because they started it with about a two-minute blurb from a Lindsey Graham interview in 1998 talking about the morality and what it means to be a Christian, of course, referring to Bill Clinton's yeah. indiscretion. Right. And um, so uh, the the host, it wasn't Stephanopoulos, it wasn't Stephanopoulos but uh, one of the others, and uh, they were interviewing this guy from Christianity Today, and he said, what's changed? Like, don't doesn't it matter? And, and this guy apparently was anti-Trump, and he was saying it does really matter, and it mattered in 1998, and it matters in 2023. And you know, in the that's the amazing thing about Trump. There's many amazing things about Trump. Like I said to you, Tristan, if he comes through all this unscathed, I mean, he does have the the, the libels being found liable, so he's not totally unscathed. He's been indicted in New York, but I mean, if he's the running again in 24, I might just say screw it and vote for him and sit back <laughs> and sit back and watch the fireworks. But oh. you know, it's just amazing because another uh, un 
unanswerable question to me is how are Christian evangelicals, i.e. fairly wholesome folks, or at least, you know, if you take them at face value, attracted to this man? He is everything they are not. Like literally everything, three times divorced, raw dog and porn stars. We know his language is terrible. His manner is terrible. He mistreats people, he, be they women, be they minorities, be they handicapped folks. I mean, it, and, and yet evangelicals love the guy because he got them abortion overturned. I mean, you're, you're making one hell of a deal with the devil for some of this stuff. I sure think so. I mean, I think of somebody like Mike Pence, who absolutely passes the neighbor test. I would reference my neighbor Richard. I, I wouldn't agree much with Mr. Pence, and Richard and I, and, and I think they're behind us now, but Richard is my neighbor directly across the street on his license plate. It's not one he bought. It's his actual Kentucky license plate, custom plate that he paid for, is the number one B-I-B-L-E, one Bible. That's Richard. But he's like a great guy and a wonderful neighbor. I'd trust him to take the mail if I said, hey, I have a thousand bucks in the house, Richard, you know, whatever. And I think Mike Pence falls into that category. Where do you keep that? He's just a thousand bucks. He's just a wholesome guy, Mr. Pence. I think he passes the neighbor test. Wouldn't agree with him much politically. Yet he throws his lot with Donald Trump and basically ruins his political career. Yeah, there, there's a pretty good argument to be made for that. And, you know, credit to Mike Pence. I mean, it, when it really counted, and when he really could have changed the balance of this country right. and, you know... He did the right thing. He did. He did the right thing. And, you know, and I think you saw some of that with Mitch McConnell, and it's like these guys will appease and they'll go along with Trump and enable him to reach, you know, some of these levels that he's reached... But then, you know, they have sort of stood up for the Constitution at times, and it's, you know, deeply appreciated, right? And so, yeah. as much, and so I've got mixed feelings for, for guys like Pence and Mitch McConnell, but, you know, and it would be the same if it was somebody on our side. I mean, the, the idea that, you know, you can just say, I won and win an election, <laughs> it's like a petulant child playing cards, well, right? A like a four-year-old playing yes. cards, like, oh, no, I won. Absolutely. No, honey, you lost the card game. You didn't win the game. In, no, I won. In many ways, Donald yeah. Trump is a petulant child. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, seriously, he, he yes. really is. No. <laughs> Which is maybe why you don't need uh, uh, someone who's more akin to his daughter interviewing him. You need someone who's more akin to his father. You know, Fred was a pretty stern guy. And if you had somebody in there, it was like, look, stop pulling my leg. You're full of shit. That's not right. You can't believe that. Right. As opposed to, oh, yes, Mr. President. OK, let me go on to the next question. Yeah. And again, that's, you know, hopefully you see some of that in the debates because you're obviously not going to see that from a moderator. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's a tough position to be. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. But it is, and he is a Gatling gun with words. Right. I mean, he just rapid fire. Yeah. You know, they don't. Most of them make no sense, but he's rapid fire. <laughs> oh no! I mean, to your point, I think you messaged me the night of the the town hall, and we're like, this guy's fucking entertaining. He is. And he is very he is entertaining. entertaining. Like you can't. You know, it's that tornado video on TikTok. Like, right. Oh my God! Look at look at what he's doing. You know, you you can't step away from it, and it's it's hard. I mean. <sighs> But going back to the previous point, you do feel like the Republican, certainly the, the Christian base would say, OK, let's latch on to a Mike Pence or somebody. Sure. But what is he, 1% yeah. of the Republican electorate yeah. right now right. where Trump is leading you know, all comers? <laughs> I guess because he, you know, he gives the middle finger to the libtards. I guess that's ultimately the appeal to Trump. He's, he, he beats up the people who are trying to change our country for the worse. You know, if you're an evangelical Christian, sure. I guess. But you're also sacrificing a lot. As I've heard some people say, most notably our 
good friend Matt Yeager. So if you're a Christian and you want me to respect your, you know, your life of 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 your evangelical life and your uh, conviction to the Ten Commandments, you kind of throw any of that moral high ground out the window when you back Donald Trump. Right. You lose any moral voice that you have. Yeah, and I, I think you'll see people like our buddy Aaron that would sort of say, you know, every single thing he did, you know, was the end of the world. So it, there is just a little bit of that boy who cried wolf thing with Trump. But A, everything he did was kind of unprecedented. So everything was kind of a big deal. Fair. You mean for the media and such? Yes, the way it was correct. reported, the, the way he was reported, but yes. but then when you have huge things right. like okay, he did just try to take out our entire system of government right. and just anoint himself the president, even though he lost, well, and he raped a lady. Like I mean, those things are big; those aren't throwaway that, things yeah. that the liberals are making up. And even go back to the escalator ride. What was that speech? That speech was. Um, and the Mexicans are coming over, and obviously your Trump is much better than mine, but, you know, they're rapists, they're drug dealers, and there's a few good people. That's literally how his campaign started. So to your point, yeah. the media is looking at this going, holy shit, we've never had this before. Maybe that was the appeal, Trisden, to the folks who were wondering what the appeal is. Maybe they thought he was frank in a very refreshing way. He was saying the things that they thought, right? And then right on the heels of that, what we talked about earlier today, the John McCain comment, which eliminates any other candidate. As my brother said, well, that's it for him. It's been fun for two months. But for whatever reason, it doesn't eliminate this guy. So I think you make a great point. The media is looking at it going, this is a brave new world for us. We, we cover it in a way that makes it bigger than it is because it is something we've ne none of us had ever seen before, ever. Right. Well, I think we've lived our entire lifetimes pre-Trump watching politicians give these boring speeches about 2% yeah. interest rates and their job level is 3, but it needs to be at 3.5. And just you've had this lifetime of that. Nobody's really spoke to these people and said, I love the uneducated. Like, right. you know, let's get on board. We're going to make this a party and we're going to tour the country. It's going to be a fucking rock band and we're going to sell flags and you can put them on your truck and you finally got somebody that's really got your back. Now he doesn't. But he's telling you, oh, man, I've really got your back. So All these bright red hats, and you're going to know a MAGA hat. He's ruined red hats. I don't know <laughs> what team wears red hats, but, you know. My reds. Well, <laughs> But that is all very true, and I, and he's still viable. That's why we're talking about him. Now, because my sister, my right-wing sister, will say, well, it's, it's you people who keep him in the news. He's the front runner in your party. He's polling five times what anybody else has. I, I, I may not be. I think he's like 40 and DeSantis is 15. So what's that? Two and a half times what the next closest is? So, yes, you're talking about him. He's the, your leading candidate right now. And I feel like every Republican that I've talked to about Trump, and you make a few good points, they almost all will tell you, Yes, we would love it if it was somebody else. But the numbers just don't bear that out. Like, they'll tell you, I'd, man, I'd much rather have a DeSantis or anybody else because Trump talks so much and the tweets and the lies. Man, at the end of the day, though, those polls are coming from somewhere, and it does not feel they like are. that's the case. They are. And, and, you know, it's still a year and a half, so there's time. Um, but like you said, he was just uh, found liable in a rape case. These other and issues are out there. did he get a bump there, from it? A bump from the rape? <laughs> yes. So, Jesus Because Christ. he's being picked on. Those people perceive it as, you know, our dear Donald is being picked on, so we're, we're, we're going to— uh, Let the man do the rapes, poor guy. Yeah, well, we're going to, you know, steady our resolve because he's getting so picked on. But it is 
tough to see who finds that lane, but they may still be out there. Like the Sununu guy is, is, is pretty common sense, pretty reasonable. I don't think Nikki Haley makes it. I, I, Pence, you know, I, could, I think you and I have talked. You could live with Pence as your president, though you wouldn't agree politically. You would know at least he wasn't, you know, doing the things that Trump did morally. Sure. So you could, you could make that deal. But um, it, it, right now, that lane does not look evident, but there is perhaps a Republican who could beat him. Um, and I still go with my contention, Tristan, that the only reason Uncle Joe's hanging on, and I could be wrong, because President of the United States is a hell of a lot of power to walk away from. Even the people in your orbit may be pushing you to, to stay. But I, I think Joe has had a, a long, long career. He's been a, a very competent president. As I say, he's not been FBI, FDR, but he hasn't been Jimmy Carter. He's been a competent president, pretty steady hand. And he, I think, would say, you know what? I did what I had to. I beat that guy back in 2016. I'm going to retire and let somebody else come in. But now that Trump has said he's going to run, I think Biden just does not want to see him in. And that's probably the one Republican he can beat because Biden is very vulnerable. But I think he beats Trump. Um, but perhaps any other Republican beats Biden. So if the Republican Party can't get their shit together enough to figure out how to get rid of this guy, you and I don't think can help him. Yeah, and I, you know, you just have to hope and assume that you know all this stuff makes him a little bit more vulnerable to a normal national election when think, it's going to matter to a lot of the folks in the middle that he's a rapist, yeah. right? So that's kind of what you hope. Yeah, well, I would think so. And and I can't say leaving aside rape, but the abortion issue is still a nightmare. That's the one that which it's going to be for any Republican. It's not just Trump. It's just going to be very tough to sign to to, to get white suburban women to sign on to a platform that wants to eliminate abortion in America. And, you know, so so conservatives are saying, oh, liberals, all they talk about is abortion. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a winning issue. Right. You're going to hear about the it all reason, the time. The same reason they say woke every other word, <laughs> because it's a winning issue. Exactly. Whatever right. the hell With it their is. party, right. But yeah. So, no, they're, the base loves it, just like our base is going to want to hear abortion. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And pretty fascinating. I mentioned Lindsey Graham. Uh, did it? I don't know if it was from the same interview that, uh, that I referenced earlier, but he did about five minutes talking about Joe Biden. This was in, I guess it was, it may have been the same interview. Originally, the, the one was from 98 anyway. It was a pre, several years ago. Man, he talked about Joe Biden as though he was the second coming of Christ. In, in a very... In uh, very glowing, like this is, I'll tell you this, folks, he's the nicest man. He's the best human being. You have never met a better person. Man, I wish I would have brought it. I wish I would have just brought a clip of that. But it was fascinating. You're like, oh my gosh! And again, I think they're friends even still. Now, I don't think Lindsey would gloat, you know, you know, go on glowingly publicly about uh, Biden right, anymore. But but it was fascinating. I mean, just talking about how he just wanted to bring good into the world and how he, you know, really tries. And I mean, it was fascinating. It was just a different tone. That's great. Yeah, you, you love to see that hypocrisy just. Uh, just on the, you know, that display, you know, on just full display of hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they just get so much hell for Hunter Biden. And, and again, let's just play, let's leave the playing field level. If Hunter Biden has done illegal things, let's get to the bottom of it and hold him accountable, Absolutely right? Absolutely right. And also, let's not hold his dad responsible for something his son did unless he's somehow connected. And That's if right. so, let's prove it and hold him accountable. And apparently, um, that Dunham report was released just today, 300 pages, and there's basically nothing. I remember, Trisden, when uh, some good friends, and I, I do have to call out Smitty. Matt Smith is just a great friend of mine. 
as conservative as they come. Like he has contrails in the in the sky, and you know, I mean, he's chem out trails. there. Yeah. Chem chemtrails yeah. and Planet X was going to blow us up, and just some crazy <laughs> ass shit. Right. But I remember we were still bowling when Dunham, because it's been four years when he started uh, uh, that investigation. And Ray, this is it. And he would use the word libtards. This is going to be the end of libtards. He's going to uncover everything. He's going to blow the doors off. Well, at the end of the day, now four years later, it was like a little whimper. Oh, the FBI might have done a couple of things. There was no convictions. There was, I mean, it basically was a whimper. It was kind of like the red tsunami of last year with the election, right? Just didn't happen. So, yeah, I mean, and, and now, you know, uh, our own representative here in Kentucky, Comer, along with Jordan of Ohio, going after the Biden consortium, the, the Biden crime family. <laughs> but they don't really seem to have anything much on Joe. It's like, they, yeah, there's some things around the periphery, some uh, influence peddling, whatever. But no, there's no smoking gun where Joe Biden did this, that or the other. But, you know, it's just I, I swear much of it is you picked on our guy. Now we're going to pick on yours. That seems to be the case. It just feels like. Our feelings were hurt so bad for four years. Yes. You're not going to get a moment of to enjoy this. That's right. Like, we're just going to be, we're going to find something to be mad at, and we're going to be mad for four straight years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of grief, and we've mentioned it, and we, you know, pick on our Republican friends as we do quite a bit. But it, it, is, it is a lot about grievance, and certainly to hear Trump talk even for a minute, there's a lot of grievance there. I mean, any right-wing news media that you go to. Limbaugh is gone now, but whoever the guys are that took over for him, put Hannity's show on for five minutes and watch it. Put Mark Levin on for five minutes and watch him, and the grievance just emanates from him. Yeah. It's just, it's nothing but. Woe is us. Woe is us. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't understand when that became such a winning issue, because it certainly feels like, look, this is America. If you don't like it, you know, fix it. Go do something else or whatever. Go somewhere else. It you're supposed to love this country. And it just, it's funny that the others, the other people, the gays, the blacks, the Mexicans, they're the reason that you're not living the American dream. They're the ones. And I don't know, man, it's kind of hard to watch. It, I, it, I hate the victim culture for, for anybody. I think those Republicans, those conservatives, those evangelicals, again, feel like they're watching their country change in front of their eyes. They don't like it. Uh, this guy, Trump, represented a throwback to something that they do like and did understand. And they're holding on with their fingernails, gripping the dashboard, white knuckling it as best they can. But, you know, Martin Luther King, the arc of history bends towards justice, but it bends very slowly. I mean, and, and let's be fair. An issue like the transgender issue is confusing. It's confusing for you and me. So can they make hay out of that? Sure they can. You know, your daughter's going to be in the bathroom when some guy's going to come in. I mean, that's a wonderful issue for them. Now, if you would sit down and actually talk, like you say, to a transgender person, let Mark Levin bring somebody on, perhaps educate him. Although, to me, Levin is a clown. He's not even a serious man. But a, a, a serious right-wing uh, media type or a serious right-wing broadcaster, if there are some, <laughs> uh -huh. let let them go on and have some dialogue, right? But they don't do that. They just beat them up, beat them up. You know, it's it's a, it's a winning issue for their base, right? And you do see less and less. I guess that's why you and I both like real time. And if you're like me, you're so disappointed that this writer strike's going on because we probably got like months ahead of us with with no Mar. But it is nice to see sort of. I do feel as though he's bringing on both sides. And he's giving you how he actually feels. He's not throwing at you what you're supposed to think based on a verdict or based on anything. It, it feels like real conversation, which is, you know, kind of what 
what I think we bring to the table a little bit. Real conversation is nice, yeah, because there seems to be so little of it now. Certainly you know? in the media, certainly on the you know the political channels and you know the twenty four hour news cycle. There, you know, I, I took a picture. I may have sent it to you, but it was um, the night Trump was found uh, liable in that rape trial, and it was uh, CNN was leading with that. And uh, Fox News, I watched for probably an hour, hour and a half. It was nothing but border crisis. <laughs> crisis at the wall. Never saw it. You know, it was, and that's it was fascinating. actually fascinating. Yeah, and, and that uh, Title 42 um, expired Thursday. And the weekend where they thought was just, not the singer, but the actual weekend where they thought it was going to, you know, the border was just going to be overrun has been pretty moderate because apparently they put some things into place prior to this in a run up. But you're never going to see Fox News report on that. No, that's no. just just not in their interest, right? Which is sad. I mean, we should it be is able sad. to, you know. But it's about ratings and selling ads. I mean, it. You know, we shouldn't be in a situation where all these news channels have to to make money selling ads because then it turns into this. It turns into entertainment and telling a base of people what they want to hear, as opposed to look. This is an unvarnished fact, and this is just the deal. I mean, that's kind of the '90s. That turn came. the 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 news was always a. Uh, a loss leader for networks. It was uh, an obligation. It was almost, uh, you know, a, a, a civic uh, uh, public service. Yeah, public it? service they provided. Thanks. Yeah. But then somebody figured out, wow, man, we might be able to, you know, we might be able to make the, some money off of this if we make it a little more entertaining, a little more light, and so on and so forth. And then out of that, it just went in. Of course, Roger Ailes uh, started Fox News in '95, and you know, the rest is sort of history. Don't leave your house until you watch the next report on News Channel 10. Yeah, it definitely became like we're going to scare the old people. And There's some of that, too. Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, I think weather's become that. You know, when I, was, bit, yeah. when I was a kid, weather was the last segment of the news show. It was three minutes, maybe two minutes at the end. they tell you what tomorrow was going to bring, maybe give you a five-day forecast, and they were in and out in two minutes. Now the weather leads. Yeah, the top top news, you know, top breaking news. There's lightning in Madison County. Yeah, okay, you're in Kentucky. There's lightning, <laughs> but a lot of it, as our friend Yeager says, it's to scare old people yeah. and to get them to watch the damn show. Yeah, that's you know? true. Weather's weather's become a seller now. Yeah, I guess it works. All right, we're 45 minutes in. What else you got, man? Oh, you, you know, I've got I've got a story for you, Ray. This is kind of fascinating for for those. For our, you know, our staunch listeners, our folks that listen to every episode, I haven't told you this story yet. Um, but I told the story on the air. It's been, I don't know, two months ago. I had a neighbor who was a pretty good yeah, friend. Yeah, sure. He had a, a dog break free and was killed, was very, very distraught about sure. the dog being killed. Remember very, well. very sad. And, you know, his, his thing, he couldn't wrap his mind around how the dog got loose and was worried that somebody had maybe done that to him. Right was very, very upset. So anyway, you can revisit that episode if you can find it. Uh, my wife and I walk our neighborhood every day. and Every day? That's cool. Well, Monday through Friday. Weekends are for vodka. But um, <laughs> we, we found uh, we were walking past the neighbor's house. You know, his widowed wife lives there, and she works. I think she's – well, I won't say what she does. But there was a little girl from the corner, probably seven, eight years old. And she was walking into their yard and had freed their other dog. Oh, no. So I think this little girl may have started the, <laughs> the first domino in what led to my neighbor being dead. So I think she was going back. You know how kids will see a dog on a chain and feel, ah, a dog shouldn't be on a chain. I'm an adult, and I kind of feel that way too. But I'm not going to go in somebody's yard and free the dog. Now, their dogs get lots of walks. 
you know, they're taken very well care of, except for the fact that they're on chains. So I think this little girl would have went back there and actually freed the dog. So I was pretty fascinated about that. So I called the lady and told her, and she's like, oh, my God, I wonder if that's what happened to the other dog. So if this little girl had minded her own fucking business, my buddy may still be alive. Jesus, Tristan. That's pretty, pretty crazy. Also, it's a lot to put on a seven-year-old girl that she may have killed a dude. <sighs> I'm going to tell her. The next time I see her out, I'm going to say, listen. You killed a guy. Good God, Tristan. <laughs> no, but it, it was fascinating uh, that there was more, you know, to that story. Ah, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much yeah, all I well, have. that's rough. How, how's his wife doing? Doing okay. Yeah, I think she's all right. I see her out quite a bit and, and chat. She's still working and doing her normal How would thing, your wife so. do if you passed away? Oh, man. Mine would be fine. Good question. I've, like, s- I've said to her, <laughs> you'd be like sad for two days and be like, Where's that insurance policy? <laughs> my wife's dependent on me for a lot of stuff, so I think... Oh, mine isn't on me, so that's another thing. Yeah, so my wife would, would be probably more sad that she's like, how do you pump gas and use an ATM? <laughs> more so than like, I miss the human See, now Patty would be was... like, oh, I'm relieved of that burden. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Good question for her. So I was going to start this a, a, a while back, and I had that history book, but then I said, nah, you know what, There's, it's too arcane. So I'm, I'm just going to do a little Google of this day in history, all right? Does that sound cool? Sure. So this is May 15th. Okay. Okay. So on May 15th, 2003, American singer and songwriter June Carter Cash, a leading figure in country music, noted for her work with the Carter family and the wife of Johnny Cash, died in Nashville. May 15, 2003. May 15, 1972. I was uh, 11 years old. I remember this, Tristan. While campaigning for the Democratic presidential nomination, Alabama Governor George Wallace was wounded and left permanently paralyzed below the waist in an assassination attempt. Yeah. Now, he was a far-flung right-winger, as far right as you could go. KKK, So, I mean, he... uh, um, Somebody from the left, somebody a little more progressive, took that shot. Um, 1969, American lawyer and judge um, Abe Fortas, Supreme Court judge, became the first U.S. Supreme Court justice to resign under threat of impeachment. So I'd like to look at that. All right, now here's a biggie. Listen up, Tristan. All right. May 15th, 1940, in San Bernardino, California, brothers Maurice Mack and Richard McDonald opened a drive-in restaurant that gave rise to the fast food chain McDonald's. Now, it says San Bernardino, California. I thought they were outside Chicago. Yeah. Who knows? And the last one on this date, May 15th, 1928. Watch that desk. I'm sorry. Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse made his debut with the premiere of the cartoon. No no idea. Mickey Mouse? No. Goofy? Plain, as in plain, not P-L-A-I-N, but P-L-A-N-E. Plain crazy. Oh, Walt, wow. Walt Disney premiered on May 15th, 1920. I'm, I'm really? Mickey, Mickey Mouse premiered on May 15th, 1928 in a movie called, or a cartoon called Plain Crazy. Who knew? How about that? Did not know that. I did not know that. Oh, here's that's another awesome. one. Here's another one that's pretty good. 19, May 15th, 1914, mountaineer Tenzig Norgay, who with Sir Edmund Hillary were the first to stand atop the summit of Mount Everest. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. So he was born that day. So they didn't do it on the 15th. But yeah, okay. a little bit of history. How's that? Fascinating. Fascinating. And this just popped over uh, on USA Today. Looks like the Republicans are pushing Biden uh, to discuss stricter food stamp requirements in these debt limit talks. And I say it's about fucking time, right? Like these people drawing food stamps are just really Bastards. just running amok. 
Jeez, oh, uh, why does it always come back to that? That's, Every time there's ever anything, it's let's screw the people out of food stamps. And that's what falls under discretionary spending. And I think the uh, so the uh, budget is sixteen trillion, and I think all but nine, uh, all but seven percent, ninety three percent is accounted for via military, which nobody ever cuts, which probably could uh, Medicare, Social Security. Uh, committed spending. So there's about 7%. Now, when you're talking $16 trillion, it's a hell, still a hell of a lot of money. But it's only 7% of the budget that they actually can play with, yeah. which all this other discretionary spending falls under. What is 7% of $16 trillion? There's some math. Rose, it would be about 118. No, I have no, no clue. Well, 10% would be... $1.6 trillion, so so somewhere in excess of a trillion dollars, which sounds yeah. like a lot of money to me. It's <laughs> more than I made last year. Man. That's more than Elon Musk makes. Yeah. So a trillion is a thousand. Okay, so if a million is a thousand thousands and a billion is a thousand millions, I'm assuming a trillion is a thousand billions, billions. and yeah. Elon is worth 280 million. So he's a fucking pauper when it comes to trillionaires. Really? I thought he was a billionaire. No, I'm saying billionaire. Oh, okay. You said millionaire. Uh, just Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay. Billionaire. Yeah. So he's worth $280 billion, so he's still got $720 billion to go to get to his first trillion. Wow. And I don't know that we'll ever see. I, I shouldn't say ever, but our lifetime, will we ever see a trillionaire? Yeah, I think so. Somebody who accumulates yeah. $1,000 billion? Yeah, I would say yes. A fucking trillionaire. Wow. <laughs> My God. If you have $50 million, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Oh, uh, yeah. $50 million. I would say that's somewhere near the number. And you're talking about a, a fortune that's eight times that if you're Elon Musk or, or six times that? I mean, come on, man. It's good to be smart, I would guess. What do you do with that? I don't know. There's, you could never do enough with that. That would probably be almost more of a burden than anything else. I suppose, unless you start like Trump and giving it all away. Or, uh, like Trump. Oh, like Trump. Oh, wow. Like Gates. That's a Freudian like slip. I, I don't think you have like to worry Trump. about Trump giving. <laughs> no. He's going to be selling fake baseball cards for the next hundred years. Man. Oh, like that Trump. That was rough. Sorry there, Donnie. Oh, geez. So, all right, Triz, we're winding her down. Yeah, do a little, do a little bit here. So I've got my uh, those commercials. Oh, I've yes, got a couple yes, of yes. those that we never The election never is tomorrow. I don't think you and I have to worry about it except for this Madison County wet dry vote. I voted early, so yeah. And you voted for it. Of course. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I feel like going to the polls tomorrow, honestly, and I always vote. But Come there's on. no there's no reason for me to go other than to cast that vote for wet dry Madison County. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Big I didn't fan. even know the – I guess I knew, but I don't really pay attention to the – yeah, the, the point that there's still some wet, uh, some dry areas in Madison County. So isn't it wild that we're in 2023 living prohibition in certain spots? Yeah. It's kind of silly. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So you want to do your dad joke or you want to hear some spoof? Uh, uh, yeah, do the spoof. Well, here, yeah. I'll knock out a joke. Uh, gonna... Let's do this. Let me do one, and then you do the dad joke in between while I'm pulling okay. out my Okay, that's cool. That's cool. All right, so uh, Ray had the idea a couple weeks ago to do some spoof ads. So this is a spoof ad, I think, anti-Andy Brashear spoof. Here we go. I've got two of them. This is the first one. Andy Brashear claims to have Kentucky values while allowing children as young as two months old to have gender reaffirming surgery. In fact, Governor Brashear has been secretly going to medical school so he can personally do gender reassignment surgery on babies that aren't even born yet. That's not my Kentucky. That's great. And also not my Kentucky. That's that's great because the, the ads for Brashear are really not too far from that that's that's yes funny. If, if you are in town that makes sense or like if you're in kentucky that's, that makes sense because that is kind of the deal yeah i don't even get this you can explain it all right 
So these are dad jokes brought to you by Dad's Flooring. What do you call a priest that becomes a lawyer? A father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, because you, you call a priest a father. Father-in-law. In-law. Priest that becomes a, father a lawyer. In a father-in-law. Yeah. Okay, and I grew up Catholic. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Okay. Uh, well, that one is so bad, I actually can't even read it. <laughs> All right. A boxer started dating a pretty girl. I hear she's a knockout. Now you hit the table. There you go. So do I hit the table through it? I'm, I'm nervous. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> What's well, because we're sitting so close and our knees are almost touching? Yeah. That's got to get you a little hot and bothered. <laughs> ah. uh, sorry. So and, and then uh, thanks again, Aaron. Berea Pond will give you the, uh, the last uh, Andy Brashear uh, spoof ad here today. But I won't turn up my phone so you can't hear it. So let's try it again with sound. Andy Brashear claims to have Kentucky values while insisting on unregulated legal abortion on children as old as 13. Letting doctors abort our middle schoolers? That's not my Kentucky. Say no to another four years of Andy Brashear's radical Joe Biden agenda. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty that's, close so to the So you can actually abort your middle schoolers because I, that's how long Democrats want abortions to be allowed. I mean, it's it's really not too far from that, Miss Kraft and uh, yeah. Dan LeCamera. How are you handicapping tomorrow? Who comes out of the Republican side? I think Cameron's going to take it, but, man, could go either way. Yeah, I think it could go either way. I see a lot of her signs. Ironically, I'm looking at one through the window as we speak. Kelly Kraft for governor. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be pretty tight. I think so. It's going to be a fascinating day. Yeah. So we'll see at so the end So go vote of, wet. Although. Get out. It's worth it. Although they say turnout is going to be less than 20%. Wow. Yeah. So thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Dad's Stoveleg. Thanks, Dad's Flooring. Yeah. Uh, Rational Boomer. There you go. Rational Boomer Podcast. And we hope it sounds good. We're working off one mic. Yeah. So if nothing else, we get to show up and touch for an hour and sweat. So Touch and sweat. That's kind of I fun. I don't do much of that anymore. So, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, that was at least They make good. a pill that helps, I'm told. <laughs> All right, Tris. Till next right. week. Enjoy your getaway. Will do. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. Tristan here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond.